Hello and welcome to this episode of The Square. I'm Poonam Schallenberger and I'm here with Kyle Johnson, architect in our data centers practice. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to be talking to you about the future of data centers, specifically as we think about the location of data centers. For a while, we've been talking about data centers moving closer and closer to our urban cores, um, whether it's because of our insatiable appetite for data uh, or our need to kind of have things just move faster and quicker. But we've been seeing data centers move closer and closer to cities and suburban locations. Why is that? So you said it well. It's all about the user experience. I mean, everyone's got their smartphones, the cloud, every everything, all our daily experiences run off of data. And to get that late, latency, to get the user experience, everyone wants everything faster. Um, so typically, you know, in the past decades, we would see data centers in just open fields. They weren't necessarily within the urban environment. Um, but as land's gotten more expensive, um, we and the users are just growing, uh, and that user experience, we're starting to see the infill of data centers around the urban environments. I would imagine that you know it's not just users, right? We, we want to think about the end user, whether it's someone ordering food on their phone or checking their social media, checking their email but it's also getting people to want to work at the data center too, right? Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> with a smaller, like when we typically had the data centers in smaller towns, the workforce wasn't as great, but you know, you start infilling these data centers within the urban environments, you do have kind of a better competition for employees, job opportunities uh, for the city. So there's also cities and city incentives that the city would like to invite kind of data center companies um, <clears throat> just for their job creation and good um, PR for the city as well. Yeah, and probably if we're so dependent on that data and our top talent, having it in your own backyard where you can probably maintain it a little bit easier is is helpful to have as well. Yeah, absolutely. Clients like that sort of security maybe of having data centers in an easily accessible location. Yeah, and it's also kind of the customers that go into our client's data center, if we're having like a co-location, um, they have the ease of mind that they know their data is within the city themselves. Like, for instance, we're getting ready to talk about a case study, but um, one of the customers within this urban data center is the hospital, and it's right in the, the medical district, so they have the ease of mind that all of their data is right down the street, and you get that latency for the fast user experience for the hospital storage. Yeah, so <clears throat> having your data work faster, decreasing that latency issue, attracting top talent, and then just knowing that your data is, like you said, right across the street or certainly in a more accessible location is an attractive reason to get these data centers to move closer and closer. But you also mentioned that maybe it's harder to find that space that's kind of that sprawling land and that campus that we're used to seeing. Yeah, so what we're starting to see is as land gets more expensive, we're typically, you know, I, I mentioned in the past decades, we've been putting data centers in these open fields. They've been known to just be one story. But as land gets more expensive, also the water consumption for these data centers has been an issue as well. But um, our next solution for these clients is to just grow up. Um, so they're not as paying as much for the land, but um, we're starting to see typical, you know, two and then even, you know, high-rise five-story buildings now. Yeah, it's harder to find, you know, if it's hard to find sprawling locations 
further away from city center is so much harder to find it in your urban settings as well, right? The footprint itself, can you talk to me about what those locations and even selecting sites in cities looks yeah. like? Yeah, so the constraints um, for kind of urban environment land, there is a lot of constraints there that we didn't have to really deal with out in open land. Since it's so tight, um, you're, you're leasing this land, you're building up, but then you also have all the requirements per the city for parking. You also have water runoff um, and bringing the electricity to the building as well, something that was a little easier on uh, just open land. But since we're so constrained in the city environment, um, that's a tough kind of problem to solve. Can you talk to me about the architect's role in this? Are we involved in selecting a site or helping our clients find a site that works for them? Yeah, so um, the owner will typically come to us and they'll have you know a, a list of pieces of plots of land that they're investigating and then we'll go and do what we call like test fits and we'll just do kind of schematic designs of what you could fit on this like power wise um, and then just how tall you can make the building too. So it's our job to help the client out to select the land as the, the process goes on. And then once you've selected a, a location or a site. Can you talk to me about how approaching that site or even just kind of navigating design on a, in a high, on a higher level, how is it different? I would imagine you can't just take this big building and, and drop it into the middle of a city like Chicago, yeah. for no. instance, right? So <clears throat> what are some major challenges that go into moving data centers into our cities? Yeah, so, I mean, you brought up a good point. So a lot of our clients have prototypes, um, and with open land, we can make them fit pretty well. But when you're starting to think about the city and filling, you know, you only have so much land to work with within the block. Um, so it's the prototype doesn't necessarily work. So then you really have to start keying on the design. Um, you have to look at the local jurisdictions, what they have for code-wise, which I can get into in our, our um, uh, Metro Edge. but because the city of Chicago has a lot of constraints that you have to follow. But um, really, it, it comes down to site-specific land and what the owner um, is wanting, desiring. So when we think about the typology of a data center and moving it into an urban location, there's probably challenges related to sound mitigation, to heat, energy consumption, cooling, all of those sorts of things. How do, how do you get that to work? when you're thinking about it, to fitting in to the fabric of neighborhood, being accepted by neighbors and communities and getting that buy-in. What are some sort of adaptations that you're seeing um, on a larger scale as these as these buildings move into urban yeah, locations? Yeah, no, good question. <clears throat> and to bring up kind of the last point too with site selection within the city, um, what we're starting to see is since you're so constrained on the site, um, on normal, like open land, you can put a gin yard, have your equipment on the ground. Um, you still have to work with the mitigation of sound with the neighboring. Um, but what in the city, since you don't have enough land to work with, then you have to move that equipment up on the roof. Um, so you can get that away from the neighborhood, but then we also have to bring in acoustical engineers. We have a whole bunch of consultants that work with us. Um, and then they have to run different sound tests of what um, is code required. Uh, to stay under within the neighborhood, um, and especially if your residential is your neighborhood too, or your neighbor. Um, but different ways we can get around that is we lean heavily on our uh, consultants, and for different equipment, you can do something with the generators. Uh, you can make them larger uh, to mitigate the sound, uh, to meet that decibel level. Um, but like I said, you run out of land to put those generators too. So the bigger you get, you're running out of land. 
Um, and then also putting uh, equipment up on the roof. We, ha we have like screens and try to uh, just push that sound up away from the neighborhood too. And how does, how does the ground floor, or the, the sort of exterior of the building fit into the neighborhood? Yeah, so it's not, the evolution of the design for data centers has really taken off, you know, this last couple, five, you know, 10 to five years, five to 10 years. Um, but it's not just a concrete box anymore. Um, people want to integrate their office in there. They want to, you know, make it more user-friendly for the workers there. Um, and for instance, the case study uh, for Metro Edge in the city of Chicago, we had constraints by the city and IMD that we had to have uh, a glazing requirement of 50%. Um, so <clears throat> typically you don't see a lot of glass in data centers just for the safety of it, um, but we had to maintain that to have that ground level to get it back down to the pedestrian level uh, to make it feel like less data center-like. Right, it has to fit into the fabric of the neighborhood. Yes. And you talked earlier about these data centers attracting top talent, right? I mean, even as employees, we wanna walk into spaces that are beautiful, that are attractive, that are in keeping with the trends we're seeing even in the workplace. And I know we've talked a little bit about the exterior and the structure of the building, but even on the inside, when you go into data centers now, um, whether they're in urban locations or suburban locations, you're seeing some of those trends as well that speak to the offices that have kind of been allotted for in their amenities, branding. Can you talk to me a little bit about what the experience looks like even when you move in, go inside the Yeah, data so that's a good point. So we brought on our interiors team, and they've done a great job, and they'll sit there and rebrand kind of environments for the the client and since technology has gotten so um, obviously we're talking about data technology has gotten so sophisticated to where we can pop out renderings and really start to show the client like hey this is what your space is going to look like and we work with them push and pull but it's not just like you're coming into a warehouse with a whole bunch of equipment it's more of like you said the employees want to be proud to come work for this company um, and it's more just the architectural sophistication of what the building is so Kyle, do you want to tell me a little bit about your work on Metro Edge and, and where it's located and the story behind the project? So yeah, Metro Edge just west of the city of Chicago in um, what they called IMD, Illinois Medical District. And basically uh, why Metro Edge really looked for this land, uh, it's going to be a catalyst to the neighborhood. Um, and this, it's a good look for the city of Chicago to bring, like, hey, we're advertising, we're bringing in a data center to this neighborhood. Um, but what the Illinois Medical District is known for, it's like one of the um, kind of smartest areas in uh, the United States just per capita of, I think it's like 70% have a bachelor's degree, but my point yeah. is it's, it's a medical district, so you have all of this research and data going into the district, and then it has a 10-year uh, kind of master plan to revitalize, redevelop this area, because what we're, um, the site we have, uh, is kind of a run-down area, but the plan over the next 10 years is going to be kind of, it's just going to be totally different. Yeah, I think it's interesting that as um, data centers become more and more part of our just vernacular and part of our sort of community typologies that we're, it's interesting to see that become more and more of a common place in our, in our lives and for it to be part of community engagement when it comes to its artwork or providing Wi-Fi for it to become part of our normal life. As we get, move into the building, can you talk to me about what the building actually looks like as you as you had it fit into this particular site? Yeah, so 
since this was really, really tight site, um, but we had a plan. We had a certain amount of power to put on site that they wanted um, and a certain amount of floors of data halls. But um, And then we also had requirements from the city of Chicago and IMD that we had to maintain, which added another constraint because typically we don't see a lot of glass on data centers. So we had to put glass all on the ground floor to get that pedestrian experience. And then up top, um, obviously, you can't have glass up there because you want it, you know, protection when you're putting customers in there. You, you know, you want them to feel protected. Um, but basically, to get back to your question, ground floors, office, and then we have all our power rooms because it connects to our generator yard outside. But like I was saying earlier, we run out of space on site, so we had to move all our cooling up on the roof. So then you have power that goes into the UPS, and then they bring it up through the data halls, and then the cooling goes from the roof all the way throughout the building. Um, but also, getting back to the tightness of the site, it was we had to maintain a certain amount of parking, um, too. Um, and then... Is that a common restriction or requirement that you have with data centers if they're not in an urban location? I mean, I think about parking all the time when, when you live in a city, right? But is that an issue if you're not in an urban setting? So typically, no, you have room. You have plenty of room to meet the code requirements to have a certain amount of parking spaces. And usually, you can you know, go and ask for a variance. Like, obviously, we're not going to, this whole building's not like a uh, commercial building, office space. It's you, typical, you don't have a ton of employees in this building, so you can go in for that variance. But when you're talking about a very tight site in the city, you are competing with the size of your building, square footage, and then parking just takes up a bunch uh, of space because you have to meet the requirements of fire lanes, uh, trucks coming in to the site too to fuel this equipment. Um, so that was probably one of the biggest constraints that we had to work with was parking, which we typically don't see that on non-urban how do you how did you solve for it uh very carefully uh <laughs> and it wasn't i can't take all the credit so we do have consultants our civil engineer really the, they're local to the city of chicago so um, they knew how to work and we had to go through cdot the transportation of chicago and worked with them with the amount of curb cuts we had. Um, and then below our parking, obviously, you put this big building on the site, and then you have to put the rain somewhere. And obviously, we have a big parking lot for parking now um, instead of you know grass. So we do have the landscape. But underneath our parking is we basically have a pond, a storage uh, for rainwater on site. Um, but not to get off topic, parking was, uh, we probably went through 20 iterations with it. Yeah. Um, but there's always probably there's a solution to everything, which we knew where our dock was. We had the constraints. The city told us what our constraints were, where the dock had to be. Um, and we got enough parking in there uh, for the employees in the building. So we've talked a lot about the, res the constraints of the site. Can you tell me about the scale of the building? How, like, what, how much data are we talking in this smaller footprint? Yeah. Does it affect the, the, the scale and the power of the building? So what's different about this building as far as kind of our typical data, data centers on other land is we typically have, we can spread out, so obviously we had to go up, um, which it's, it, it, it feels larger than what it is, but it is really compact where we only have one um, data hall per floor, which we typically have two to three or if it's a single story. Um, so there's the constraint there, but um, you can still fit a lot of power. It's a co-location, so you can sell out the data, data hall floors still, too. When you have a five-story building and 
you know, maybe that's a, a more typical size or an easier size to manage for a different typology. What challenges does that create for a data center that doesn't typically see that that height? Oh, well, five stories. So anything over four, you start getting in the high rise. Um, well, it's by feet, you start getting in the high rise, which we're definitely in a high rise. Um, so that was a whole different uh, code analysis that we had to do. Um, and as far as the, it's more um, when we start going up, you have to go down. So that's the biggest constraint too. You started adding weight for the data halls, but our structural engineer, you know, we have to have these large caissons that go underneath and then that has to get accepted by the city too, because you start influencing the construction around your neighbors. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest influence of when we start going up, the building just gets heavier. How did you technically make this building happen? Uh, yeah, so we're going to have really deep caissons uh, for this building. Uh, obviously, the high rise, we don't have that that deep of caissons when we're kind of in um, just the open land. But when you start going up, we had to we have really good structural engineers um, to help us with that uh, analysis. What was um, besides the parking? What was the most difficult part of designing a building? in an urban core like Chicago, I mean, it's one of the largest cities. What, what's, what's a standout challenge for you? Um, getting through the city for permitting, um, which we're not there yet, but you have to go through this whole, uh, and you kind of briefly talked or asked about it earlier of just getting buy-off, but we have to go through all of these different committees. And I don't know if this is like other jurisdictions, but Chicago, it's, it's fairly difficult because you have to go through the site planning. You have to get site plan approved. Um, obviously, it's a five-story building, so they wanted to see, like, they were like, oh, this is really, really tall, and then that's why, you know, we had to start um, not necessarily persuading them, but telling this is what the city needs. Um, but the constraints, the biggest constraint, yeah, I would say getting through the city parking um, and then just making sure all of our uh, code requirements are met for a five-story building and getting fitting all the equipment. That's the biggest constraint right there now I think about it is getting all of the equipment on the site since parking took up spot, space and we ran out of room for the yard to have equipment. We had to put it up on the roof but also our floor plates since we still need to fit that data hall square footage in there. Um, it was like a puzzle with the consultants of like, okay, it was almost like fighting too. Not necessarily fighting, but you know, we have mechanical rooms, electrical rooms, and I'm just like, okay guys, where do we need equipment? And you tell me where we're going to put these rooms and then we're going to see how much space we actually have. Um, and then you also have your circulation to get down to, but I think that's the biggest constraint or that we tackled was just the space. Yeah. And then, um, in terms of the biggest innovations that go into, designing a data center like this. What stands out to you? Um, so being the catalyst of the neighborhood and uh, we put out different iterations of the design, um, we wanted something that was going to age well. That wasn't, you know, 10 years down the road, it's going to look old. Um, and we didn't want to do something typical. It's just precast. And we wanted to blend into Chicago, which you look at Chicago, what's it known for? Brick, metal, um, kind of a rustic look. So we 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 took that into consideration. We're having brick. Um, we're mixing a metal panel, which will age really well. And then we also did um, a kind of a design that we've never really done, but it's almost like a tapered metal panel um, that's going to create shadows. Um, and then we break the big mass up. Since we're a five-story building, we're breaking it up into different segments. 
And what we're going to do is add lights within those. Um, and that can be geared toward, we've been working with Michael, but that can be geared towards the city events. So obviously Chicago, you have the sports, the Cubs, the Bears, if they get a win, the building can turn, you know, blue, uh, you know, St. Patty's can turn all green, but most of the time it, it could be Metro Edge's branding. But I think that is kind of the biggest innovation there is we haven't typically seen like a lot of, um, I don't want to say jazzy, but... Uh, Spaces that fit into, yeah. it's just a completely different look, really, for yeah. a data center. Oh, yeah, it doesn't look like a data center at yeah. all. Yeah, and that's what I was saying <laughs> earlier. It's it's interesting to think about how much data has become a part of our lives, right? And, and so ubiquitous and invisible, and but such a part of our infrastructure that I think the interesting story here for, for Metro Edge is that it's a building that's become just part of the fabric of the community in the way that data has become a part of the fabric of our lives. So Kyle, you know, as we think about the future of data centers, it's probably expected that we're going to see more and more of them in our urban and suburban locations. Can you talk to me a little bit about what clients considering this sort of move might want to think about and what's ahead for the practice? Yeah, so I mean, just taken from the stance of Metro Edge, uh, one thing we see on typical sites that aren't in urban environments is security. Uh, you have a big, tall, eight-foot fence around the site. We weren't allowed to do that in the city of Chicago. They wouldn't let us do that. Um, we could only put a four-foot tall fence around parking. But other than that, it's um, that's a that was a big discussion. It's like, well, we have a data center right there on public streets. So how do we get around that? Um, so that was we have some things that I can't talk about that's secure for Metro Edge and their marketing. Um, but we also have different site that can protect vehicles and whatnot. But I think that's going to be the main talking point and the concern with clients that haven't moved and made the move to the urban setting is a security standpoint. But there's ways around that, um, definitely for, like, blast control. Um, and I, I think as we start having more urban data centers pop up, it's going to become mainstream just to get that latency to cut down, get the user, user experience. Um, so you're not having to pay for to get power out to the sites that are outside the city. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of benefit, obviously, for the client to consider these locations. While it's challenging, for sure, to think about the limited sites or the security or the sound mitigation and how it navigates code and compliance and all that stuff, it seems like there's a lot of benefit to the city and maybe even to the neighbors as we think about it serving as a catalyst for the neighborhood, providing Wi-Fi, and even being a more responsible citizen. Well, thanks so much, Kyle. It's been great talking to you and thinking about the future of data centers. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. And thank you so much for watching. We'll see you the next time on The Square. Thank you.